You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and give us a review. Uh, I enjoy seeing those. The team enjoys seeing those, and it really helps us out. So make sure you're giving us a rating and review right here on the podcast, uh, wherever you're enjoying this from. Also, make sure you're subscribed if you're enjoying this. You don't want to miss anything that we put out every week, every Monday morning. I'm dedicated to putting out a new episode of Drinks with Johnny for you with a new special guest each and every week. Having a blast doing it. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, Real quick, head over to thedrinkswithjohnny.com. Uh, online store there you have the an entire archive of all these episodes including the YouTube links we have a YouTube channel you can head over there make your subs- make sure you're subscribed over there rather um, and you know right there on the on the dot com we got some shirts we got some glasses um, we have a Johnny Christ signature base from Schechter you can purchase there as well and you can sign up for the drinks with Johnny newsletter that's a thirsty Thursday newsletter written by yours truly every Thursday giving you all the news everything drinks with Johnny who uh, first look at who's coming up the next week uh, as well as a 20% discount on your first order of anything on the store and uh, yeah you're gonna want to head over to drinkswithjohnny.com because November 1st we're gonna add some really cool items for you guys to rep this show show your support um, to everyone around you uh, some really fun really cool new items I'm gonna be putting out for everybody of all ages all ages all listeners uh, of the show so make sure you head over to drinkswithjohnny.com now this week is no exception of a very special guest as I said every week we're bringing you new guests this week I'm joined by comedian Tony Hinchcliffe now Tony um, is a big podcaster as well. He's been a uh, uh, semi-regular on the Joe Rogan experience, so he comes from that kind of camp. He has his own podcast, uh, Kill Tony, where it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, a, a talent show, if you will, uh, live podcast that he does with other comedians. Really great concept. Uh, you should go check that out as well. And he has another podcast as it stands, uh, called The Store Horseman. And as some of you would guess, that is uh, based off the Four Horsemen of pro wrestling, WCW, and WA, all those things. Um, so needless to say, me and Tony geek out a little bit about some wrestling stuff. Hope you guys enjoy that. We uh, we also get into some, some more serious stuff, his upbringing, uh, where he came from, and what uh, brought him to comedy. Among so many other things, we just had a great chat and just let, you know, just let it loose and just, uh, man, it was fun. It was just a really great chat. I, I'm, I'm happy to call Tony a friend now, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one as you have all the rest of them and continue to. And without further ado, I bring you Tony Hinchcliffe. What's up, everybody? I'm Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the show once again. Um, as a quick reminder, this is available as a podcast. Fuck, it is a podcast. I just like to put video on it as well, so you guys have both options. But uh, go out and make sure that you are subscribed and following the podcast as well. Give us a rating and a review there, too. Hopefully five stars if you like it. Even if you don't, just give me a fucking rating anyway. Just go over there and do it. It's not that big of a deal. Anyways, another quick reminder, too, is uh, thanks to uh, my buddies over at uh, Sweet Drop CBD uh, Oil. They sent me some stuff a few months ago, and I've been talking about it ever since. As I said, it truly is one of my good friends that sent it out to me and just said, hey, see if you like it. I ended up liking it. So now if you go over to sweetdrop.com, 
Use promo code Drinks with Johnny. You're going to receive 20% off your order. I'm going to start off the show with a little bit of the fruit blast flavor. They got a couple different flavors there. Just put it underneath the tongue, let it rest. And, it, you know, it just makes you feel a little bit better. It takes a little bit of the edge off. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but if you head over to sweetdrop.com, they give you all the shit, everything you need to know about cannabis oil. It's right there. Now, this week, I'm super excited because I'm joined by, I mean, let's just call him a comedian right now, and then I'm going to name all the other things that he does here in a second when I bring him on. Let's bring on Tony Hinchcliffe. How are you doing tonight, man? Hello, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm good. Beautiful day today. Perfect little Southern California day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're both in Southern California. You said you're in uh, Paso Verdes, right? Or uh, I was earlier. Right now, I'm back home in Los Angeles. Okay, where whereabouts in Los Angeles? I, the greater Los Angeles area can be pretty big. So right between like uh, West Hollywood and Beverly Hills. Okay, so the street address. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said at the top, I mean, you're a comedian, podcaster, writer, roaster, host. You do it all. I mean, you, you've been, you've been uh, up and down the gamut. Um, what got you into comedy to begin with? I mean, was that something that you always had in you? Or was that something that was like, you know, I'm going to try this out later in life? Or, you know, was it bullying I was always, on or something? I, yeah, I was always a misbehavior in class. It was, uh, you know, I was raised by a single mom and, you know, all my friends had like two parents and solid foundations in their household. And I really had sort of completely the opposite. So I think that led me to misbehaving a lot, never like physical pranks or anything like that. My whole thing, even as a kid was like, make fun of something that the teacher said or was talking about, turn it into like a dirty joke or a sexual joke or something like that from a very young age. And how then, young are we uh, talking? Wait, how young are we talking though? Very young, very young. <laughs> like too young think, to be ma- making sexual uh, yeah, jokes? I think, okay. I think my mom, I can't remember if it's kindergarten, first or second grade, but one of those, my mom still has a progress report, like a conduct card, actually it's called, where you get like demerit points. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it says on it that I, that I interrupted the class at one point and said, when are we going to talk about the Joey Buttafuoco case? <laughs> like, oh, cause like, you remember that? Like, I, love, like, I remember, I remember enough that it probably shouldn't have been brought up in elementary school. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it was at a complete inopportune time, just interrupting the class and, the teacher was very surprised that I even like knew about it and like said those words in succession and everything. So yeah, I was just always, uh, always goofy, always misbehaving, loved getting laughs in the classroom. And then between my eighth grade and freshman year of high school, uh, the movie man on the moon came out and I was obsessed. Yeah. And I was obsessed with Jim Carrey, just like, uh, just like so many people were. And if you remember, he was taking like a dark turn at that time. Like Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the silly guy and I was silly back then too. And then when he did like cable guy, I was getting a little bit sort of darker. And then when he did man on the moon and I learned who Andy Kaufman was and the mystery behind him and the oddness, even though it's not my style, what I liked about Andy is that he messed with people and was very, very dark sense of humor. And like, it just, like it, 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 it transferred my fandom from Jim Carrey to Andy Kaufman. And then I found out that they're, they're, they were both obsessed with the comedy store. And in that movie, in the beginning of that movie, uh, Andy's on stage at one of the improvs, like a janky comedy club. There's barely anybody there. And the owner of the club says, Andy, I can't afford to pay you anymore. And that's when I realized like, whoa, 
the, there's somewhere out there people are getting paid to do live shows to literally be in the room while people are laughing like i would always see hbo specials and stuff as a kid and like my older brothers and sisters would have richard Pryor or chris rock on when i was a kid but that's when i realized right then and there that like that's how they fine-tune their things and that you could make any money doing that and it, it, it immediately became an obsession i was going to the libraries and trying to find every different Andy Kaufman book that I could wow. find. And I would read it like the kid in a never ending story. Like I would just be, I would sneak around in the library and bring a blanket and an apple and just get lost in these books and read them there. And sometimes ch- take them out. And cause the internet wasn't a thing at the time, no. you know, it was right before, like it, it, I think it existed of course, I guess, but um, you had to go to a real yeah. library back then. Yeah, totally. No, it, it, the, the internet existed. I mean, but no one, no one had computers and we're paying for that slow ass internet or anything like that. That wasn't, that right. wasn't a thing yet, but you're absolutely yeah. right. Oh, you mentioned the, the, the Jim Carrey. Uh, did you see the, I guess it's a couple years old now, the Netflix uh, documentary that came out a couple years ago that went behind the scenes of that, of that movie. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, I thought that documentary, I forget the name of it off the top of my head right now, but it, it was a Netflix one. I'm sure it's still out there. It was, it was incredible though, to like see the, the dedication and the genius that Jim Carrey put into playing that role. And then of course, as you pointed out, the, the genius of Andy, like that was just, uh, I mean, I remember not really understanding how crazy Andy, Andy was with until I saw, uh, the late night things that he was doing, um, on, was it Carson, um, with Jerry, the King Lawler, um, at the time. And that, (laughs) that whole scene is just, unbelievable and the fact that jim carrey went so far into it he even pissed jerry lawler off on the set of the of the of the uh man on the moon movie it was just incredible right, right? no it was incredible and uh this past this january uh, my friends and i every year take a annual trip to the royal rumble which nice. is a pro wrestling event where you find out who gets to fight for the cha- wrestle for the championship. Or oh, you, don't need to, you, don't, you don't need to tell me about that. <laughs> All right. Perfect. As long as you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to nerd out here before the end of this, t- uh, before the end of this chat, we're going to nerd out on some wrestling. Don't worry about that. And well, how's this? <laughs> Let's start the nerding out now because my buddies and I, this was our, I think fourth or fifth year in a row going to the Royal rumble. Everybody flies out. There's like a group of six or eight of us every year. Mm-hmm. I always get us a massive Airbnb. I always book shows in whatever city it's in because it's always on a Sunday. Yep. So I'll tell my agents, book Tampa Bay this uh, January, you know, this weekend. And they'll book it. You know, we, we find out when it is a year ahead. So I'll do two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Everybody gets to do shows, stay at an Airbnb, whatever the local food is at the place. Say it's in Houston, we're eating barbecue and whatever. And so we always have a great time. Anyway, we get off. I believe this was in Houston. Yeah, it was this year. And we get off the plane uh, and we go to get into our uh, Uber, you know, our Uber XL and standing right there is jerry the king lawler no by way. himself and i go oh my fucking god that's jerry the king lawler and they're like oh my god it's jerry the king lawler and uh we went right up to him we realized you know once in a lifetime opportunity Gotta maybe we're annoying it. him but screw it it's us <laughs> and we're never like this and it's yeah. jerry the king and he's clearly just waiting for his car and you know we have a second to say hello and, uh, you know, I introduced ourselves as comedians that are big comedy store guys. And 
he fell right into the trap. He goes, you know, oh, that that was, uh, you know, that was one of my friend Andy Kaufman's, uh, <laughs> you know, home clubs. And we go, we know, I mean, uh, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. and we just, <laughs> and we ended up having the coolest conversation. And you could really tell that Jerry the King Lawler could not wait that he never gets sick of talking about his time with Andy Kaufman. And it was That's such really a, uh, it was such an awesome like such an awesome thing to see how real that is in a yeah. world where so many things with the two of them are just performance and just for being silly or just to put on a show. You know, that's the backbone of pro wrestling is that not mm -hmm. much is real, that it's all a show, but to see that uh, his love and friendship with uh, Andy Kaufman was so real and yeah. uh, he just couldn't wait. It was like, it was the opposite of, you know, if you feel like you might be annoying somebody, it was the opposite of that, which is all I was afraid of from the second we went well, up. Oh yeah. Jerry I mean, you've been, a, you've been around the, the industry long enough, the entertainment industry as a whole, you know, we, uh, it's an unwritten thing that we talk about where it's like, ah, uh, do we go, me do, we, do we go say hi to that guy or go do that? And, you know, don't want to be another one of the people that are kind yeah. of bugging or whatever it is. And you realize most most people don't mind, you know. It's just you have right. to worry about the the one or two that have like those weird quirks about them that turn around. And yeah, say something and out stupid. of all the major celebrities and musicians and you know comedians. I mean, well, comedians doesn't count because I'm friends with all those guys. But yeah. actors and directors, all these things. There's probably only been, and I mean, I've seen everybody. There's probably only been five to ten overall that I've yeah. said anything to, and I had we had to. It was the start of our Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, weekend. absolutely. I mean, yeah. what, what, what? I'm sorry. What, did you already say what city that was in? Was that, that was Houston? Houston. It was in Houston. Okay. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Which one was that? How how long ago was this? This was this year. I was this in year. a sold out. I was in a sold out. Uh, it was in a baseball stadium, not even an arena. It was sold out i'm talking about the floor that actually, yeah. of a baseball stadium and every seat all the way up to think that it was the end of january is, right before that was that was that the last pay-per-view with uh with any audience in it i think so i yeah. think so maybe there might they, they might have had they might have had another one in like in february right because yeah we didn't really fully shut down here in the states until like beginning of march if i remember correctly yeah i think they may have done a mellow one but that's a that's a very chill one after the royal rumble yeah it's ramping up to wrestlemania which so. oh, oh my god oh let's talk about let's just get into wrestlemania then like this year without the crowd did you 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 had to have watched it right yeah yeah it's one of the only things uh that was happening at the time that I know, was right? like that what that wasn't a, you know already done and produced i thought it was really cool the way that they you know, some things were a little bit wonky, of course, but the fact that they were evolving and trying to put on a show at all um, was just awesome. You know, Vince McMahon, totally. who has uh, blessed us with so much entertainment over the decades, just using his imagination and probably taking advice from the people around him and trying just yeah. giving it a real shot well that know? was that was the thing for me is as you said first of, first and foremost there wasn't any other real live entertainment happening at the time so yeah. i was up here at my bar making cocktails i mean it was quarantine i'd start drinking pretty early because i was like what the fuck else am i supposed to do all day i can't leave right. the house so i'd make yeah. but i would make cocktails for that uh wrestlemania weekend because i did it in two days and you know right. and, and and i was watching it and i would i'd be watching it while i was making a cocktail and just going this is incredible that they're actually making this work. And then not only that, the the two main events on on each night, let's call them, you know, the the Taker and AJ Styles one, mm -hmm. and then uh uh what was it? John Cena and and the Fiend. 
Both so of those, like, yeah, you, you knew that it was, it was filmed pre, you know, it wasn't yeah. live, but they did such a good job with it. It was, it was such a yeah. cool storytelling that I, 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 I was really, really impressed and happy with. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. I mean, the, I, I, I'm, Undertaker has always been my favorite, but mm-hmm. the Fiend jump in. And when, I mean, Bray Wyatt's a big part of the reason why I ended up getting back into, uh, I took a long break when I started stand up over 13 years ago. It, my, everything in my life became about that and obsessing mm-hmm. about that. And I took a nice hearty break up until, I don't know, six, seven, five, six, seven years ago, somewhere yeah, in there, somewhere in there. Yeah. But you know, Bray I think Wyatt. everyone takes it. I think everyone takes a little bit of a break. Yeah. I mean, for me, I took a break after shit. Uh, probably like junior year in high school. I kind of started, it was like the attitude era had, had, had started to taper off and it was, you know, WCW was no more. They'd already won the battle and it was mm-hmm. like starting, it was starting to, to taper off for a little bit. And I was just like, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm, and I was growing out of it a little bit, I guess. And then the last like four years, I got back into it. Right. Uh, yeah. The, finding podcasts, speaking of podcasts and stuff, uh, um, the 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff podcast. Amazing. Conrad Thompson. It's, it's, it's an, it's, it got me back into it. That single-handedly got me to get the WWE Network and go back and watch uh, the Monday Night Wars back and forth from, from 95 on. And I just yeah. like, I went through the entire WCW catalog from that time. Like that's so cool. It was so I, much fun to to relive that. I mean, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I got the network the day it came out. Um, again, I'm pretty sure this is six, seven years ago. It was mm-hmm. right when I was getting back into it. Right after I went to a buddy's house to watch WrestleMania, and I'm like, "Who's that guy?" And they're like, "That's Daniel Bryan." I'm like, "What is going on? This is so cool. He's yeah. flying knees. Like, what is this?" And I'm like, "And they're like, you're gonna love this guy." And Bray Wyatt comes out, and I'm like, "This is." Dude, crazy. The, the the when they had the whole family coming out and the lights went dark and the lantern. God, that oh was such God. a cool entrance. And such the audience cool would light up and it showed you how many people like were behind him and part of his. It was it, the, what a storyline, a cult yeah. leader. And upon his entrance, the people are participating like they're part of the cult, and they were. You know, that's what yeah. everybody wants is to be. It's all. It's almost the the evolution of the NWO. Like. Totally. Why be part of a Why be part of a club when you could be part of a cult? You know, yeah. oh, dude, it's uh. it's the best. It's it's so funny because as I, as we're nerding out and talking about this right now, I'm realizing there's a there's a good percentage of my audience that doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about or cares, right. and they're just like, "What the hell are these nerds talking about?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, so yeah. let's let's dive a little bit deeper though. Like, what got you into wrestling originally? Like, um. At what age did you first see? Were were you a Hulkamaniac? I mean, was that yeah. early on? And then, yeah, yeah. So I mean, what was it's what one was of the weirdest event? things? What was the first event you went to? Was it a house show or a pay per view? Or I remember uh, literally. You know how you might have some crazy memories from when you were way too young, and you're like, I don't know how I remember this. Yep. I rem- I must have been something ridiculous. Two, three, four, five at the oldest. Yeah, it had to be two, three, four, because I remember flipping like through the channels one day as a little tiny kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it for a second. I remember seeing like a square and like giant men having some kind of fight in this <laughs> square with like yeah. multicolored, it looked like ropes, but I didn't know like what it was. And I remember spending the next two years 
looking for that thing. Like I'd like gone by it on the channel and then maybe it was on a commercial, but I spent By the way, I, I have to, I have to notice that when you said you were going by on the channel, you were, you were using the, yeah. the universal sign for a turn knob. For all of yeah. you actually watching this right now, Tony just did something that clearly showed his age, and I caught on to it. All yeah. the rest of you young fucks have no idea what this means when you're turning the channel. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. As a 36-year-old, we have been, uh, I've been through uh, the knob on the TV, the telephone with a wire, yep. the rotary telephone, the the no internet, the big chunky cell phone, the playing snake on the Nokia. There's so much that uh, <laughs> there's so much that we've been to, and the knob on a TV was a big one. Yeah. So you were saying that, like, I remember doing this too, going through the knob, and you like you're waiting to find what what is on. There's no TV guide. There, I mean, well, there was TV guides, but who the fuck was reading them? But you yeah. went through and like you, and you'd find, as you said, you come across it, and you're yeah. like, what is this? So then right. you're like, when is it going to be on again? Not knowing when, right? So I didn't remember if it was on a Thursday or a Saturday or a Monday, or I, I didn't know what, what it was and what was going on, but then I found it again. And once I did, it was just on like Donkey Kong. I mean, Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper and mm -hmm. everything, everybody. I mean, The Undertaker. I learned about death from The Undertaker, like <laughs> when he was making coffins and stuff. Like I'm like... For the, for the first coffin matches with... Uh, with Kamala. Jay, Kamala. And well, before that was Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake really? Was, yeah, Jake the Snake was one of the first ones. I only wow. know that because he was on the show. He was like one of my wow. first guests on this show by happenstance. Wow. And yeah, he, it was his, it was a coffin match. It was his idea to, to have it the, was. to have uh, the, his hand smacked in the, into the, into the, uh, the coffin. So yep. yeah, that, yeah, they, dude. Such great I memories of all that shit. I remember that now. And like as a kid, I didn't know. What happened when you died? So like the Undertaker building a coffin was like, wait, you go into a box and then they bury you into the ground? Like I, I literally learned about death from wrestling. That's like, a hell of a way to learn. My mom wasn't telling me about it. And like my the, the, the Catholic school that I went to wasn't telling you like, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, like I oh, get put in a box and buried in the ground and like what a crazy thing to find out when you're a little kid, you know, like what? No, why? How? <laughs> and there I am. No learning. wonder Kamala was running around scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's Rest an extreme. Peace, by the way, he just passed what, a couple months oh, ago. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. and you know, death and coffins and being buried is an extreme uh, topic, but everything from normal, anything to that, I basically learned from pro wrestling. It was, mm -hmm. You know, and I think also being raised with a single mom, you look for these father figures naturally without realizing it. You see, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and, you know, rest in peace. All these things, just all these characters are larger than life. Mm -hmm. And I think that the psychology of a little kid tries to fill, tries to find heroes and mentors and things from a young age naturally, like an animal, and clings on to it. Mm -hmm. And boy, it really did with me. And I'm so glad it did because, again, that's probably a big part of entertainment and my sense of humor. Like, I wasn't a huge cartoon guy, so it, it felt real to me. Mm -hmm. It felt very real and it felt very exciting. And also, it was sort well, of how, athletic. How and old were you? Yeah, I mean, well, how old were you when you found out that the in-ring action was, uh, I mean, albeit they're hitting each other and doing crazy athletic yeah. stuff, but it's uh, choreographed, if you will. 
Yeah, it's really depressing. I had two. I have two older brothers. One's twelve years older than me, and one's sixteen years older than me. Oh wow! And um, and uh, uh, and they could not wait to tell me that uh, that it wasn't real. And it was one of those things where it reminds me of when my grandma told me that Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> it's sort of just like, why are you like? Are you no, this, this isn't me? true. Like. <laughs> Everybody knows that it's real. Like, why would all those people be there if it's not real? And and I remember them just laughing at me. And, you know, they were sort of just bullying me at the time and really sticking to it. Um, are you the youngest? The, so are you the youngest of, of three? Five. I five. also have two older sisters that are okay. in between the two brothers. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Youngest of five. Wow. You yeah, got it youngest, worse than me. I'm youngest, youngest of three. I got, two, I got two older brothers. So I, oh, okay. I got two older brothers, so I understand the the bullying part of that of that story mm-hmm. right there, mm-hmm. <laughs> man. So well, let, let, let's let's uh, go a little further into this. Uh, what was your first? You you already said you go to the Royal Rumbles annually as, mm-hmm. as you can with your buddies. What was your first live event that you were that you were in attendance for for uh, pro wrestling? It was uh, it was uh, it was a house show in Youngstown, Ohio, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, was on it. Hercules was on it. Wow. Yeah. Um, who else? Sergeant Slaughter was there. So this must have been late 80s, probably? 88, I think 89, so. something like that? Late 80s, very early 90s. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was awesome. And I got to go backstage because my dad had connections with the local police force. And uh, Sergeant Joe Carbone was our connect. And he took us backstage. And I got a picture with... Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hercules and the and Sergeant Slaughter. And the cool thing is that me and Sergeant Slaughter and Roddy Piper basically, but really Sergeant Slaughter, uh, we reenacted the picture from like oh boy, I don't know. Thirty almost thirty years uh later at the mm-hmm. comedy store one night when Sergeant Slaughter was there hanging out with Rowdy Roddy oh, Piper. Shit who I ended up becoming really, really close friends with because he came to the comedy store randomly, I don't know, seven, six, seven, eight years ago and, uh, and, uh, started doing standup comedy and the comedy store opened its doors immediately to Rowdy Roddy Piper and gave him late night spots to work out his stories and things like that. And of course he was unbelievably great at it. Who would have guessed that the guy that basically invented running promos and invented having your own side show on wrestling uh would be good at um, would be good on a mic <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so entertaining so, yeah totally that's amazing but of so course you, you he also, him toward yeah. i mean that must have been if you said that's that's toward the towards the end of his life um obviously mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. another one taken a little early you know um mm-hmm. So I mean, what was your let's just what, what was your interactions with him other than the comedy scene? Like, what did you guys? I mean, if you became close, it must have been off the stage and, and outside the comedy store as well. Like, what were you, what were some of the things you guys would have in share in common? Totally, a hundred percent. Really, it was a true like mentorship, um, and I think he really enjoyed that. Like, uh, you know, learning. Th- he looked at me as a very, very, he knew I was an extremely hard worker that wanted to grow and learn and things like that. And he taught me a lot and we would hang out. We'd go to eat after late nights at the comedy store, you know, 2.30 a.m. trips to, you know, a diner or Denny's. One time he took me to a, 
the reason why I say Denny's because we went there once. You know, mm. when you're in LA, Denny's isn't exactly the place that you go. There's there's, <laughs> there's, other there's plenty options. of other like really good diners too. They're like famous diners for being yeah, in LA. <laughs> Mel's and Swingers and Cantors no, and all these yeah. places. And one night on like a Saturday night, it was I'll never forget. It. It's a really one of my favorite memories is uh, it was like 2.30 a.m. on a Saturday night. And he goes, how about Denny's, huh? You want some Denny's? And I just wanted <laughs> to hang out. Yeah. Uh, and eat, of course. I was probably starving, actually, at the time. This yeah, is, uh, night, this is yeah, actually, no, yeah, I have my time. I have my timetables way off. Time flies because I just realized yeah. I was very poor at the time. So this is like 11, 10, wow, 11, yeah, yeah. 12 years ago. Okay, that makes sense. And, uh so we're going to Denny's and if you know anything about Denny's in LA, it's like way East. It's, it's, it's an East isn't a great direction to no, go in Los absolutely. Angeles. And the only Denny's is on like vine and sunset. And it's always, especially back then, always ridiculously packed. There yep. is a line that goes all the way out to the sidewalk. It takes like 45 minutes to get in. And I'm sort of dreading this idea, <laughs> even though I get to hang out with Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah. and fuck. I mean, this is, you know, these are the highlights of my life. I'm still like, this is going to be, I like, cause you know, Roddy, doesn't expect anything. He's not a diva at all. Very unbelievably nice and great guy, but it is sort of bothersome. I guess if you're with somebody and, like that and you see them get told that they have to wait in line you know what i mean anyway don't you know who this is right the fuck is wrong with you roll out the fucking red carpet denny's he wants Ex moons over my hammy get it stat exactly <laughs> and i'm thinking this the entire drive there and we pull up to the parking lot and the line is obnoxious i mean it is twice as long as it usually is we park the car and I go, man, it's a long line. He goes, oh, follow me. You know, it's one of those things where he's super casual and he just walks right along the line, goes into the left swinging door that's closed. You know, the right is being held open by the line of people. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking alongside. I'm like, oh my God, what is he going to do? Like these, there's probably, you know, morons working here at Denny's that are in the weeds, there's no way, what if, you know, they're not going to recognize Rowdy Roddy. This is like a young kid job. They're not going to recognize yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper in 2010. And uh, sure enough, there's this kid, maybe, I don't know, 18, 22, somewhere in there. And he's bumbling around. He's in the weeds completely. Menus flying around everywhere. And he goes, excuse me, you have a, uh, any chance you have a table? And the kid looks up and, you can tell he's just about to go like, what the fuck's your problem? And yeah, like, look at the up, fucking line, moron. <laughs> sees Rowdy Roddy Piper, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yes, Mr. Piper, right this way. And it turns right. out they always keep one emergency table open just in case some fucking, you know, monster yeah, comes in, just in case Tarantino or you know, Chappelle or Rick Flair or Rowdy, I mean, Rowdy Roddy Piper comes in, like, yeah. and and they just have this one table that's always blocked off. And sure enough, I mean, maybe he knew that before. And it was just my first time going to Denny's with him. But my mind was blown. And, the, and by the way, I don't think he does go there a lot because the kid was completely starstruck. And it's yeah. also, 
it's also quite amazing to think like, wow, even today's, and this is again, 2010, but still an 18 to 22 year old in 2010 was like, Oh my goodness. Yes, 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 sir. We right this way. It was so cool. And to see his excitement and he was probably a big fan. It was probably around Halloween time. He was a big fan of they live. Uh, yeah. as, as we all were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still am. Came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm, I'm fresh out of bubblegum. Bubble Check this out. <laughs> yeah, let's see this. Fuck yeah. That is Rowdy, awesome. Rowdy Piper so bubblegum. Yeah, that's what he's showing me for these guys who are listening right now instead of seeing this. You can also check this out on YouTube. But yeah, this is, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> you see, it says all out of bubblegum. Yep. All out of bubblegum right there. What a badass! What a, what a, what a great thing to have right there. Yeah. It's classic. I keep it on this little shelf of trinkets and stuff all the time. That's rad. <laughs> so yeah, I do know that Denny's you're talking about too. I mean, on sunset, the, the, we've, I've done, uh, many a record, um, off of sunset Boulevard. So I know exactly that Denny's you're talking about. It's yeah. basically across the street from a sugar fish now. There's a sugar fish over there. It's been there for Yeah, and there's years. a whole plaza behind it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Starbucks there. Yeah, I know this one. I know this well. I know that one well. <laughs> yeah, and you know how long that line is, especially on a weekend night. I mean, chaos. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I try not to go there on a weekend night. I try not to go to LA all that often. I know you're, you're living there, but for me, and you gotta, you, you're closer to work there. I only got to go up there to do a record, and then I get to come back to Southern California. Cause right. I, I, I can't, I love LA to visit. I can't live there, man. I just can't do it. It's funny. This, this was going to be the year. If you would have asked me in February, I would have told you that in December, or January, uh, I would be moving to, um, somewhere between here and Palm Springs or Joshua tree. Like I was going to go two hours East and mm-hmm. start to enjoy a nice meditative drive into town. And at the end of the night, drive back and you know, I was going to build a house and get out of town, um, as well, but things are obviously, things have obviously changed a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's get into that too, real quick. Everyone in your camp, everyone in your family, is everyone healthy and safe right now? Everyone's good? Everything's strong. The state of the union is, uh, very strong and everybody's good. I've had a couple friends that have come down with the COVID and, uh, you know, very low symptoms. They lost their uh, sense of smell and taste for a couple few weeks and tested uh, negative five days after they got it. But the, but the took a little bit for the smell and taste to come back, but mm-hmm. everybody's good and strong. And uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I bring it up to uh, also let's get into the more of the comedy and your podcasting. I know you have uh, uh, kill Tony is the podcast that you do with, yeah. uh, with Brian Redbend. Um, yeah. And the, the concept of this podcast is really cool. So I, I like to say everyone's got a podcast the way that I do it. Like everyone's got a podcast where they bring on uh, other celebrities or something like that and have a conversation with them. I know that I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but what you guys did is actually come up with a, uh, a, a concept for the podcast. Which I think it was really cool where uh, you're, you're bringing on uh, new comedians and you have like another established comedian with you, right? You guys are judging yeah. them with their jokes or whatever. And uh, you were doing this live um, with, a, with a crowd before at the comedy mm-hmm. store, correct? And then yeah. now you've been yeah. doing it, and it's been more drive up in the parking lot. Can you explain a little bit of what's going on? What, well, explain uh, the show, I guess, better than I can. Right. <laughs> and, then, uh, yes. and then get into what, what, what kind of precautions you guys have had to make under the pandemic. 
So I used to host the open mic at the comedy store very regularly, almost from the time that I started. Uh, the talent coordinator started booking me as a host there. He thought that I showed promise as a host, and thank goodness he did. Um, because uh, that's what eventually led to this idea is, you know, I would make fun of the room and what was going on before the person went up and I would make fun of their set or what they looked like or whatever after they were off. Everybody only did three minute long sets and that would go from 7 p.m. to like 11 and then I would hand it off to the late night host who would bring up paid regulars and more established comedians, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that four hour chunk every, uh, every weekend, every Sunday or Monday, and sometimes both of hosting that led me to the idea of when everybody was coming out with podcasts, I'm like, you know, what if I did it live? I'm, I, it makes it bring it really having just, if it's three or four people, around me or in a room or something like that. It's, it's when I get funny. I, I, I know it sounds like a lame excuse, but like, you know, I just get funnier the more people that are around me as oh, dumb as that sounds. No, no, yeah. you gotta have an, I can understand that. You gotta have an audience. Yeah. You gotta have other people get bounced stuff off of too. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's part of it. I mean, I'm no I comedian, mean, but I, but I know in circles when yeah. you're having a conversation, you become Looser, you know, you got just fucking with everybody. It's it's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, some comedians can do a one-on-one -on -one podcast and be hilarious. I just, I don't know. I just don't know how to explain it. Like whether it's Kill Tony or even you know, like uh, like the Legion of Skanks. I have buddies out in New York that have a great podcast, and they just let ten people sit in the sit around in the bar like studio area and just drink in the background. And on and on that type of show I just come to life, you know? Yeah. So it's just it's just sort of the way that I operate. Meanwhile I'm like the most boring regular Joe Rogan guest there is because I have I don't specialize in anything. And when we're we end up talking about, you know, whatever, if apes, you know, ever pull their own dicks off and things like that or whatever <laughs> on his podcast, I'm like, I don't know, do they? Plus I have I'm heard you I have heard you a few times on there. It was very interesting. I also had a I just released yep. the episode uh, yesterday with the wrestler uh, Raven. Um mm -hmm. I had him on the show and he was noticing I don't think he wasn't specifically talking about you, but he was like, you know, have you ever noticed on on Joe Rogan's show when the comedians come on, they're not really making jokes; they're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was no, like, yeah, that's actually true. I mean, but I think that's the I think that's the cool part of you know Joe yeah. Rogan and other shows like that. I mean, well, he's the godfather of fucking podcasting. We all know right. that. Um, and you know, the, I think that's cool that he's he's able to you know bring out the real you too. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, obviously that's a side of you, but I mean, that's not yeah. all, all of you, you know? No, a hundred percent. You know, we hang out so much and work together so much that it just feels, it feels comfortable. And then all of a sudden you look at the clock and you're like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't think I've been funny in three hours. Like we've just <laughs> been talking about whatever. I forgot. I forgot that millions of people are going to listen, <laughs> listen to, to that. Yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> I don't have I don't have an agenda, and Joe knows that some of his comedian friends have zero agenda at mm -hmm. all. So he gets to really, you know, he doesn't talk about the things that he talks about if the if Anthony Fauci comes on or if Kanye West comes on. You know, mm -hmm. he, there's there's targets that he's going to hit. Whereas when you know when one of us comes on. Uh, we can talk about literally whatever he wants to truly talk about. That's and awesome. It's cool. And it comes, it, it comes across too. That's, that's the great thing about it. 
so yeah, so I was saying that uh, I knew I wanted something with a live audience. So when it came time to make my own podcast, I just decided to mix that open mic and a podcast together into one. Instead of giving the comedians three minute long sets, I decided to make it 60 seconds because that's enough time for sure. Whether they're great or whether they're great. <laughs> is, that, or is, that, they're... is that is that you could tell within 60 seconds? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. everybody. Anybody and everybody can tell within 60 seconds. I mean, if it's going great, then it's going great. And then you did great. Trust me, the people yeah. that kill for 60 seconds don't want. They don't, don't want to have to go two minutes. I mean, they got it. Oh, I did it. Yeah, the crowd went. The crowd goes wild. Is it, I mean, I feel like that in the bed sometimes too. I'm like, oh, I, I killed it in that in that one minute. I don't need to yeah. do anything more. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's all it takes. It's it's about it's you efficiency. Know, it's efficiency. You, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But after that minute, we go into what's uh, what I is somewhere between a six and ten minute long interview, and I interview the person and just try to find out more about them. That part's probably most based on like my fandom of old school terrestrial radio Howard Stern, like trying yeah. to use my instincts to figure out what the most interesting thing about this person is and like what a cool angle that we can talk about that we haven't talked about with every other person that that has been on the show. And so a bunch of comedians, sometimes brand new comedians, sometimes established comedians uh, mm. show up at the comedy store on Mondays and they sign up and we put their name in a bucket and uh, they are in the back of the room or in the lobby area waiting to see if they get pulled up and we get through about five or six or seven of those names. And uh, yeah, that's the show. And, you know, it's completely always been in front of a live audience. And when all this happened, much like Vince McMahon, I'm like, we got to keep this thing going. If only I like for you our just own. compared yourself to Vince McMahon too. That, that was fucking smooth right there. That was smooth. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no chance we're stopping the show. <laughs> no uh, chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, it just it was for our own mental health. It was you know, I like to think that there's at least a few hundred people out there that really wanted it, you know, even mm -hmm. if there wasn't an audience to, Oh, there's definitely an audience. I mean, you yeah. guys are coming up on, looks like you're, you're coming close to about 500 episodes yep. deep on this. I mean, that's, that's not just messing around anymore. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that's, no. that's, some, that's some real shit, man. Congratulations. It's true. On We've that. sold out theaters all around the world and in every major city. And we go back to these cities and they get even bigger. You know, we did giant, giant venues to start this year. Uh, and I mean, the biggest venues, some of the biggest, bigger venues that we've ever done and sold them out and had unbelievable shows. And we were, I mean, we've been selling out every Monday at the comedy store for, you know, the main room, which is the biggest room, which normally would sit empty on a Monday night like mm -hmm. that, uh, every single Monday sold out again and again and again and wow, again. Wow, man. Completely Congratulations. Having, yeah, That's thank rad. you. That's Indeed. super cool. And I, I think it's, it shows what a great concept that is. I mean, it was very intelligent of you, of you and, 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 and Brian, I assume, uh, had a, had a, had a hand in that, um, incorporating it's that like, live thing. Like a right. lot of people are taking their podcast live and I feel like, some of it might be a little bit of an afterthought, whereas your mm -hmm. your show was like this is always going to be a combination of both things, and right. I think that was a really really smart play. And there's America's Got Talent and American Idol and Last Comic Standing, and all these things are on network mm -hmm. television. And the difference between Kill Tony, the major difference between Kill Tony and those shows that are jokes, you know, especially usually mine when there's a live audience are much darker and edgier and crazier 
and more revealing. Again, it's like that old Stern effect. All of a sudden, we're talking about something deeply about somebody's sex life or their crazy moves in the bedroom or uh, the crimes that they've committed or really anything. And you just don't get that on those shows. You know, yeah. they're so overproduced and so edited that they give you this fake storyline so that you feel emotional about the person. And this is just so much more raw that that's really what it is. It's like a very raw, dark, ed- you know, edgy talent show. Yeah. No, and it comes across and it's great. And I love how, as you said, you, you'll bring on some uh, different co-hosts. I'm sure there are friends of yours, other comedians. Like I just listened to, I think it was the most recent one was the Eric Griffin came yeah. on the show. He, he's, he seems to be kind of a regular for you guys, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've had it. We have an elite uh, crew of regulars, a regular guests that we love and, and it's so much fun when they swing by. A couple of them are we're keeping them away because they're a little bit older. You know what I mean? We don't we don't we don't, we don't want to be that. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to uh, wake up the next morning with the headline "fucking Tony." Right. Tony kills actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't kill Tony that night. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to have anything to do with that. Yeah. Even though there's no Corona going around our show, it's well, you know, you might as well. Thing. I mean, that's the whole thing, though, right? You just take the couple extra precautions i mean you be smart about it you don't need to go fucking nuts but i mean like let's let's be a little smart about take a couple extra extra precautions it's really not that fucking hard man it just really isn't anyways we don't need to get into all that i've done that a million times on this fucking show my fucking fans are fucking tired of hearing me talk about it but uh (laughs) i'm sure we agree on everything yeah uh the (laughs) so so this so again on this podcast though it's on um uh death squad right the the network well, it's available everywhere, but yes, um, since uh, Red Band produces it, it's under what the, you know it's considered produced by Death Squad because yeah. that's his. Uh, so that's his. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is is that is that affiliated with Joe's too? Right, Joe Rogan is or no? Not really. Not really. It, okay. It, it, yeah. No. I'm I'm still new to all this as as you're learning, Tony. This is this is uh, my fifty fucking fourth episode or some shit like that i'm still pretty new to it so i'm learning as it goes how these networks work and everything i'm doing it all myself right now so right no that and that's the that's the way to do it uh yeah they're all different and interchangeable but death squad actually is just it just means that red band edited it basically like put the put it all together and you know packaged it i don't know how to and it's funny because people ask me a lot, like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Do you think I should get the Sony 4K A500 or, and uh, the Zoom 4650? And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about because <laughs> I just simply have nothing to do with that side of things at all. You just, I keep, they just put a microphone in front of you and you do your thing. I keep that part of my brain completely focused on what references or jokes shouldn't I talk about so that I can talk about them throughout an episode and, <laughs> and, and try to remember what I'm plugging for the guest and yeah. try, you know, try to f- ha- just have a clean. Well, you're doing of- it well, when you're doing it live. Do you have like, do you have notes? Like right now I, I you probably see me look over here every once in a while. I have a whiteboard where I make notes for all my guests. So I do have, you know, I don't go pinpoint everything where you have a loose conversation, but if something comes up, I could go, Oh yeah, I remember this about, about right. so-and-so. No, that's, that's another benefit that, uh, that I do not have whatsoever. Whereas almost every other podcast does is not only do I not have notes, I mean, maybe I'll have something, for example, okay, my guest's new album is take the L and it comes out this 
Friday on Spotify. You know, maybe I'll have something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And that's only for the guest that sits next to me who I don't interview. You know, yeah. I'll cover how I know them and the, maybe a fun memory that we've had over our years working together for two minutes at the top of an episode. But after that, I, I pull a name out of the bucket. So I never yeah. know who's coming up or what I'm going to ask that's them or funny. what. So it's really like over the years, I like to think that I've gotten better at sort of just jujitsu, mental jujitsu, just taking what they give me and figure out which direction and how to roll with it and where we're going. Again, that's always different than everything else we've done. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, it, it is, it is kind of an art though. Like, I mean, well, for you, it's, <laughs> you were already in front of a mic as a comedian. You already had a leg up here, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm learning as I go on how to talk to people I've never talked to before. So it's been, but it's been fun, man. I mean, especially under the pandemic, this has been a way that I can connect with new people, but I'm, I'm not going to parties right now. So yeah. let's fucking let's no, have a chat. Great. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's certainly a fun social thing to do. I think everybody, you know, again, we're all evolving during these wild times. Yeah. I did the same thing once this pandemic started and like, you know, uh, uh, I'm just like, what am I doing? I mean, so much energy that I used to spend just being a comedian. A lot Mm -hmm. of people do comedy and people in New York will tell you, I did, I did five spots last night, whatever, and this and that. But like, Boy, oh boy. I mean, the past few years have really just been a thousand mile an hour blur getting off an airplane and from, you know, and doing the road and sold out shows and this and that to flying back on Sunday and doing the improv and hustling to another place and then back to the comedy store to do two or three spots and people are there to see you and there's a lot of pressure and maybe they saw you a few months ago, so you better exceed their expectations <laughs> again you have to constantly get better yeah. they don't want to hear the same they don't want to hear the same they don't want to hear their favorite joke you know it's really like that's another thing is like isn't that kind of like different though for each comedian though because I've, I've heard of some other comedians where they actually do have to keep doing the same joke you know like like some of the uh, I, i'd call it more the blue collar comedy where they, they the, the fans in the crowd want to say the punchline with them i've, I've heard about it i'm sure larry the cable guy gives everyone a get her done that's a good yeah. point and jeff foxworthy certainly says if you you know yeah totally but for, i mean for like yeah but obviously for your brand of comedy as you and, and from your experience you're saying yeah, yeah. and that, those things are very rare like those two gaffigan's hot pockets bit yeah and I mean, that might be it. Like if yeah. anybody, anything else is just disrespectful. Like if somebody, if somebody <laughs> like yells. That. That's just fucking disrespect. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> yells anything at Chappelle, you just see like, you just see like yeah. depression go over him immediately. If they're yeah. like, hey, are you, are, you, are you Rick James, bitch? Like, it's like, oh God, it's just the cringiest shit you can ever imagine. Dude, I've been, I've been into some audiences uh, from around some stand-up uh comedy you know smaller stuff here in huntington and man you guys have a tough racket sometimes with mm-hmm. it with, it's just but it's not even you guys it's i feel so embarrassed for the crowd to be honest yeah. like those crowd members that do that i'm just like 
you're not funny. You just sound like right. a drunk idiot. Like you're just yep. not let leave mm-hmm. the comedy to the guy on the fucking stage. Like mm-hmm. and enjoy yourself. He's he's gonna give you enough. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's <laughs> it's very bizarre how alcohol leads people to think that maybe the person needs help or maybe the joke's over, so I can say something now and it's it never it's goes a, over well. If you're one bad. of those people at this at the comedy club and you think you might have had too much to drink, it's okay. It's okay to have a little too much to drink and have a good time. Yeah. Maybe not too, too much, but keep your fucking mouth shut, all right? <laughs> yeah. It's very simple. I mean, just laugh or don't laugh. It's yeah. pretty cool if you think about it. It's quite the awesome position to be in is yeah. that people are trying to make people with different senses of humor laugh. So just wait yeah. your turn, and it's probably coming <laughs> any second, yeah. especially at just the comedy attention. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy store. Um, so... You mentioned uh, life on the road, you're touring, everything like that. I wanted to see what kind of similarities we have. First, before we get into similarities, I have to know, are you in a relationship? Are you in a serious relationship? Not right now, no. Okay. Well, no. have you been while you've been on the road? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And how, yeah. I mean, what, what's road life for you, though? Like, single versus non? Uh, what, what, I mean, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I've been on the road for 20-plus years. Yeah. And uh, so what, what's it been like for you? ridiculously hard it's chaos (laughs) no matter what they're both chaotic you know one thing that one thing as of late that is uh that's really changing my life and sort of growing me up in a cool way quickly is golf oh yeah three four months ago now i went with my buddy who's one of my stoner pals and he's like, "Ah, I'm going golfing." we had been cooped up for two or three months or whatever at the time. And I'm like, you know what, dude, I'll go with you just to fucking kick it on the golf course and smoke some joints and hang out. And that's how it always starts. Yep. And it is, it's exactly how it started. He brought an extra set of golf clubs for me. I got my own cart and I'm like, wait a second, by hole number like two or three, I knew I was, balls deep in. I'm literally like, this is, it's beautiful outside. It smells like fresh cut grass. I love sunlight. I love challenges. This is so hard that it's ridiculous. And I I, never get easier. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's pretty crazy. (laughs) 10 years ago, we kind of started as a band, like picking it up a little bit. And then I, you know, I kind of phased, phased out. I didn't really care for it. About two years ago, I started picking it up again because my neighbor was like, hey, just come out with me. I think you're going to enjoy it. You're really into drinking. Just come out, bring some beers with you. Ride yeah. along the cart with me. Let's see what happens. I had, a, yeah. I had some golf clubs from my uh, late grandfather-in-law. And yeah. uh, so I brought his clubs, went out there, drank some beers, smacked some balls. And I was like, oh, so this is what golf is about. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. And and so my first time on the road since becoming obsessed with golf was I think like a month, a month and a half ago I went to Salt Lake City mm. and <clears throat> one of the one of my uh one of my friends/fans was like, "Hey, you're coming to Salt Lake City in a few weeks. What do you say I get us a tea time on Saturday morning?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah. Salt Lake City is one of the most beautiful cities in the mm-hmm. country." I mean, stunning, stunning city. I've been everywhere. And it's just one of those cities where you're like, oh my God, everybody so thinks, it's, 
everybody thinks it's just Mormons. And it's just one of those funny things. It's like you hear these weird stereotypes about cities and you're like, oh, it's wrong. Like the, only my, one, the only one that was true is the beer is, is, is weaker on purpose. It's like 3% for everything is like. <laughs> is what? I didn't the beer, the beer was, it, the beer is, oh, yeah. is lower alcohol percentage. That is they the, changed that, is that two years ago. Did they? Yeah. I haven't been back. Dude, it's been, that's making me realize how long it's been since I've been on the road. I gotta get the fuck yeah. back out there. <laughs> but it's back to the, their beers. Their beer is set to normal now. But uh, and then I did it. So I did the two shows on Friday night, like I've done a thousand times before, and it changes me. Instead of following that adrenaline and momentum with mm. three joints and three shots of tequila and four Crown and Cokes, uh, I just had maybe one or two Crown and Cokes, and uh, I'm like, I, I have a early tea time in the morning, you know, cause with, I'm so used to anything that I've done early for the last 13 years, even the writing jobs that I've had, I, I sort of get to call my shots. I get to roll in when I want to, I get to leave when I want to, I only take the, the couple few writing jobs that I'm at, you know, sort of to say confident and very much needed would be an understatement. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is like, Anytime I have to wake up for something early, it's just a flight to another city. So yeah. Thursday morning, I have to fly to New York City, which means Wednesday night, I'm probably having the, on if life was normal, I'd be having the time of my life at the comedy club until 2, 2.30, 3 a.m. And, you know, have a ton of fun and sleep for two or three hours because mm -hmm. I can easily wake up from a nap and then sleep on a plane, which I do very, very well. I'm very good at sleeping on planes. Well, and yeah, I didn't realize that. It's a real talent. I, that's a real talent too, by the way. I, I'm the lucky one too in my band where I'm the one that could sleep at any place at any time. So oh, I, I, I hear you on that. I can't sleep in the back seat of a car. I can't do that. Like oh, I yeah. do not trust people driving. I don't know why, but on an airplane, I'm out like a light. Yeah. And so, and so anytime I had to wake up for something early, 99% of the time it was that. And, but with golf, I don't want to get all, you know, messed up the night before and exhausted the next day. It makes you, uh, makes me, you know, really just take better care of myself. It's not like I was some super sloppy. Like, actually, it, it probably, probably sounds worse than it is three or four shots of tequila, three or four crown and cokes. I guess that is a lot. <laughs> no, 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 not when you're talking to me. That was the, I, was, okay. I would let that go right. I was like, sounds like a normal Saturday. I don't understand yeah. the problem here. <laughs> or uh, Monday, whatever fucking day. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, man. So it's like when we talk about the road and how crazy it is, one, I think that this is something that's probably going to help yeah, keep my you life healthier keep you healthier out there yeah because like you're you're describing a very similar uh scenario i mean you get off you get off the stage doing a different mm -hmm. thing but still on stage you, you still got mm -hmm. that high you still got that adrenaline you're still yeah. firing on, on all cylinders it's hard to bring that back down it right. does take some joints or some fucking beers or something you know to like yeah start to calm you down and you'll be lucky to get to bed at three o'clock in the morning, you know? And yeah. we're lucky that that's all that it takes for us to do that. A lot of uh, comedians and rock stars and things like that ended up getting wound up in much more intense, wild things yeah. than that. So Absolutely. luckily there, luckily there is great pot and, and uh, good <laughs> alcohol out there. Yeah. 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 You mentioned Crown and Coke before we were doing the episode. We, uh, we talked a little bit about that. So what, what is it about Crown and Coke that, that, that's your go-to? I mean, was it, are you, did you, are you very fond of Canada? Is, is that what it is? Like, no, I do love Canada, but, uh, 
You know, I actually think it all goes back to like, I think a psychologist would probably break it down better than I can. And my bartender friends uh, at the comedy store have pointed this out to me because I told them that my father, who I love, but wasn't close with as a kid at all. Um, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Didn't you at the top of the show say you were, you're, you had a single mother? So what, what yeah. happened there? It's crazy. So my mom and my dad were married to other people and cheating on their significant others with each other and then had me. Wow. So, yeah. So it was chaos. Um, and uh, they were never in a actual serious relationship. They just had ex- an extremely passionate, extremely passionate affair for years and years and years without ever getting caught or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, she got pregnant with me and she wasn't going to have an abortion. Thank goodness. And, uh, the rest is history. And there's a lot more to it. Like, you know, he was sort of a, you know, very well connected guy in a very Italian community. And, um, during a time in which that was, you know, a very real thing still. Are you, are you talking like family? You're talking like mob stuff here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. Um, where I'm from is right between Chicago and New York. And it's like the third highest concentration of Italian people anywhere. And that was still a very, very big thing in the late eighties, early nineties, especially mm-hmm. the early mid eighties before I was born. So that's, that was a big part of his life. And so like it was, it was frowned upon to, it was frowned upon, I mean, not to cheat on your wife, obviously we all know that from like mm-hmm. good fellas, but it was frowned upon to get that other woman pregnant or have a baby with that woman. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, I mean, I would only so, know from the movies. Obviously, yeah. So like, he's right, sort of, right, that made, yeah, that he's sort right. of, yeah. So he sort of kept it on the DL from his friends and from so many people and this and that. And eventually, um, well, to cut the long, longest version of the story short, he would visit me as a kid pretty regularly, you know, just for a little bit, you know, little visits, like a couple few hours a week or whatever. And then uh, as I got older, um, the visits were less and less and less. So an hour on Christmas and an hour or two hours on my birthday and maybe two other one hour visits throughout the year, you know, around ages 12, 13, 14, 15, things like that. Um, but I eventually found out that from my older brother who worked at his bar at one point, cause my father also owned an Italian restaurant in the city, um, that he loved crown Royal. He just thought it was the best, you know, it was just his favorite whiskey. Okay. And one of the things he would do is, is that if anyone at his bar mixed, tried to mix anything with crown Royal, he would kick them out. He would wow. tell them either, either, either you order something else or you get out of my bar. That is and an interesting like, thing to be a snob about though. I have to, I have, I have to say like, I, I, I enjoy crown as well, but to, to, to be a snob about it in the sense that it needs to be by itself is oh. I understand that with high end scotches, high end bourbons. It's right. not, this is crown Royal we're talking about. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good whiskey, but it's not, I know these old school Italians <laughs> that you just can't even make this dumb stuff up. It's like, Oh, That's you're going to mix something with crown Royal. Get, get your fuck out of here. Like they're like old school. <laughs> My dad's so Italian. Like That's people right, don't right. even believe it. He's, he's really, it's like Tony Soprano or, uh, you know, it's just that style of Italian, like a real tough guy, wife beater with an Adidas suit and, uh, you know, Holy but like shit. Italian. Yeah. yeah. 
or classier than that. You know, it's that's his dress down outfit. And Normally, he's still, is, 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 is he still with us? Is, is, yeah, he just closed his restaurant actually about a month ago. Okay, and for the first time in twenty nine years or something crazy like that. But um, so I think it's a psychology thing. Uh, my buddy yeah, at the he, comedy he, he store, was so into Crown Royal. Sorry right. to get back to that story. Yeah. Yeah. So my buddy at the comedy store, who's the bartender there, calls it a, he, he you know, I'll walk up to the bar and he'll be like, Tony, what do you want to fuck you, daddy? Because we laughed about it one night. He's like, you drink this because of that. You don't realize it. And I'm like, oh my God, I do. It's a, it's like a fuck you to my dad. That's that, amazing. Of course, you know, it also evolved. When I was in college, it was Jim Beam and Coke. And then after that, for a couple of years, it was Jack Daniels and Coke. Yeah. And then said, and then at some point I tried a crown and Coke and it just, you know, just it was just the move. The smell or taste of Jim Beam because of what I, how much of it I consumed when, when I was younger is, it's just disgusting. Oh yeah. Everyone has that one spirit that they consumed a lot of at, at an early age and it, it, you have an aversion to it every time you, you smell it or even. Yeah. Some, sometimes you could even just think about it and you're like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah so are you last, last question on your, on your upgrading and parent. So, um, are you still, are you close to both your parents? Are you close to your dad now? Um, very after? much so very, very much. So yeah, they're very proud of me. It's, uh, you know, it's, we're very close. I visit them. I just spent uh, time with them this in December. Um, a lot of food. That's the great thing about my parents is they yeah. just love being competitive and, oh, you're going to have lunch with me or you're going to have lunch with, you know, and oh, no, I'm going to have dinner with you and lunch with dad or then tomorrow I'll have lunch with you. And you know what I mean? Like they just can't you, wait. Yeah. To and cook. how do you, yeah. And how do you keep up with that though? I mean, you I'll guys tell you, I'll tell you how, cause when you're an Italian, a real Italian kid and you miss the Italian food that your parents know how to make that you were raised on that what you can consume is ridiculous. It's inhuman. I'm also just a really big eater. Yeah. Like I, I usually probably eat more than even Rogan. If we're out before shows, eating steaks and whatever, like I'm, I'm just a little, you know, I'm sort of, even though I'm Italian, I'm, I also am like very like white trash. You know what I mean? I'm still <laughs> from Northeast Ohio. I, yeah. I was a starving artist for quite a while when I started. And, you know, I also worked in restaurants before that. So you, you learn how to eat a lot fast and try yeah. to not be hungry throughout your entire shift because you're serving or busing great food the whole time. And, uh, so so you did I, busing, I sort of, real quick, you did busing and waiter and, and serving before. I did, oh, yeah. I did, I did a little bit of busing, mostly hosting before. Mm -hmm. as a, <laughs> I was, yeah. guy, I was a guy bringing you to your seat. <laughs> no, yeah. Hosting's a good jam. No, I was at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, uh, fresh oh, out of high school. You had a you had a nice cushy job there. Oh, yeah. It was tough. It's, oh, no, you know, no. I mean, okay. Yeah. Not, okay. Right. Uh, not cushy in that sense, but in yeah, the sense yeah. of like right out of high school, you're at a really nice fucking restaurant. <laughs> For sure. Great money. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was rich. I thought yeah. I was... I thought I was set for uh, life. You're, you're from, walking around slapping your friends in the face with your dollar, with your tip money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what I was doing. I was drinking vast amounts of, I was smoking a lot of pot, drinking handles of Jim Beam. I got a cigar habit during that time. Nice. I had just, just going for it. I love it. Right out of high school, all that happened at once. And I had just found out about Pink Floyd, which became like my obsession and Tarantino movies. And the rest is history. Like the art, the art. That's when I started to realize like, oh, you can just be an artist. It doesn't, yeah. it's not like, 
it's not just your dad had to be an artist or anything like that. That's what, when you're, I think when you're from Ohio, such an industrial place and you went to a strict school where they tell you go to college, become an engineer or a doctor or something, you don't really have a chance to realize that you can be an artist until yeah. you're sort of out and away from it and stuff like that. And that's when it really hit me. I just became this sort of like hippie, Dude. drunk hippie. the new age beatnik um Mm -hmm. so you you were mentioning we were were talking about food before that like how do you you said you eat vast amounts but you look to be in you know you're 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 a slender guy yeah what do you actually work out for any of this or is this just this is what you this is who you are no yeah no it's just who i am it's crazy i can't gain weight (laughs) yeah no i'm so lucky it's unbelievable Dude, you know what? I, yeah. I, I could kill for that. I always take, I take time off booze. Like right now, I'm actually on the wagon because I'm like, after the COVID and everything, I was like, dude, I look in the mirror and I was like, I'm bloated as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a minute off. So like. I wish. My problem goes the other direction. If anything, like if I miss like lunch or drink too much coffee and not enough water, it's the opposite. I just you end get up. sunk in. Yep. Totally. Oh, totally. dude. Yeah, we should we should give you give each other a little bit of uh, of it. that. We'll, we'll be we'll, we'll we'll make the perfect person. I know they do blood <laughs> transfusions, but we have to do a fat transfusion. Fat tra- yeah, I'm down yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Take what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of quick things I wanted to get into real quick. Uh, I had a couple of uh, com- fellow comedians that you probably know um, on the show, and Ron Funches and uh, Taylor Williams. Both I bring them up because both of them were talking about the comedy store and wrestling. And that seems to be kind of our, our connection here tonight. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I heard about was uh, the store horseman. Uh, Ron brought that up. Have you ever been a part of that? Oh, yeah. One of the founding members of the store horseman, without a doubt. I thought so. That's, okay. Yeah. Um, that's a big part of the crew that goes every year to the Royal Rumble. It's just me and the, the my closest wrestling fan buddies. Uh, comedians at the comedy store that's rad so mm-hmm. i mean what, what what is the store horseman though kind of fill me in on what that what that really is is it, uh, ron yeah, it's really it just off, ca- off camera at one point so i was like oh no yeah cool. it's really just our podcast like uh, it's just a wrestling podcast it's been it's been really that's been really hard to maintain mm-hmm. during the uh during the covid times even though that's not in front of a live audience it's just like it's, I've, I don't know how to put it. I feel like our listeners would know what we would be saying and we've done episodes, but it's also just like, it's really hard to love pro wrestling right now. Like, mm-hmm. yes, WrestleMania was awesome and the Undertaker AJ and Bray and Cena was unbelievable, but totally. that's like about it, is, it. Yeah, it's been, it's been yeah. difficult. I mean, the Thunderdome was, is a cool concept that yeah. WWE's doing and AEW's got some fans in the in mm-hmm. attendance again, so that's that's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really good friends with Chris Jericho, and he just celebrated uh, 30 years. Congratulations, Chris! Awesome, um, yeah, yeah. In the in the business, I mean, dude, it's fucking. He's still kicking ass. It's it's. Incredible. I love it. So yeah, I mean, so I've been I, I've been watching a little bit more again now, and I, I I hear you. I mean, it is a lot about the crowd, man. I mean, that's what wrestling was has always been. That's why they always started panning to the crowd. Vince McMahon in the 80s was like. No, we need lights on the crowd. Before that, if you ever watched before then, it was always dark. They didn't show yeah. the crowd. And then he's like, no, put lights on the crowd. Let's fucking show them on the camera. Everyone having Genius. a good time. 
And that's when it fucking started to skyrocket, really. Yeah, 100%. And I think uh, what we've learned is that pro wrestling is one of those things very much like stand-up comedy where you definitely need an audience. Like, sure, the Thunderdome's awesome and that's cool. And I love that they're piping in the sounds. It actually surprised me how long it took them to do all that. I had the exact... um, it sounds douchey to say this like a Monday morning quarterback, but I, <laughs> I, I, I just thought like, why don't they have people on screens around the ring and why, yeah. especially why aren't they pumping in? They must have obviously hundreds of thousands of hours of B roll audio of crowds being, Oh, make a controversial sound or be excited yeah. or boo. Yeah. You think, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. It seems- piping in the yeah, <laughs> piping in the sounds was an absolute necessity. And then some things flourish, I think, without an audience. Like I'm also a huge UFC fan. Mm-hmm. And my God, you get to hear the coaches, you can hear the echo of the announcers if they go, Oh, you know what I mean? You can like hear it in the room, you can hear the punches, so the cool. kicks. Yeah, and, and you can you can definitely and the cool thing about that though, and I think it's a little bit unfair to compare it to other things. In the UFC, we've seen it in the um, what was the what's the reality show called when they bring up the the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter. The Ultimate Fighter. We've seen yeah. it in front of not non crowd and stuff. We've we've been you know big fans of UFC. Have already been kind of conditioned for this in right. a way, right? I mean, it kind of feels yeah. like that because of the Ultimate Fighter. So yeah, yeah. but I agree. I mean, in, in the same for me. I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. Are you big sport other sports as well? Absolutely. Yeah, all I'm the a- way. Almost everything except for sort of basketball and baseball. The sports I loved most as a kid now have like really taken a back seat towards, you know, really everything. But football, uh, I love. Of course, I'm from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, huge college football guy, Buckeyes, and um, you know, wrestling, yeah. UFC, now golf. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a couple of things. I play well, well, pool all the time. And you said you said soccer. Uh, I'm sorry, not soccer. Uh, basketball. Not so basketball much and baseball. Basketball yeah. and baseball. Um, but not as much anymore. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm say I bring that up because I, I don't. I didn't go to college. I didn't grow up in the in the Midwest, so mm-hmm. I didn't have a college team. I'm right. a big Raiders fan. We just got a big win on Sunday against Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! And then the awesome. Lakers, my my L.A. Lakers. Just won the chip, so I was yep. like really excited. I bring that up because they um, they had the bubble for basketball this year. They had the complete mm-hmm. bubble the entire time when they put it back together for the last three months. Insane. You to your point, they they put people on the screen like they they did it before the WWE. And it yeah. was like it's like oh, and then they were pumping crowd noise in, but you yeah. could still see it was so cool to me to see these guys basically. As if they're back in the gym, you know what I mean? Like playing pickup ball against each other. Because mm-hmm. you know they're doing that in the offseason. They're playing pickup ball against each other in oh, the yeah. offseason. So they're just doing watch, that again. Did you watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan? Oh, of uh, course. Who didn't? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. What a great yeah. documentary. Jeez I mean, Louise. the stories were great. You kind of knew a lot about it, but then the background stuff. But just the cinematography and the way that those guys put that documentary together just as, as a filmmaking aspect to me was just so brilliantly done i just yeah. thought they did a great job with it yeah and i went to uh i went to high school uh, lebron james and i are the exact same age both mm-hmm. from northeast ohio and we went to rival um uh rival uh, high, high schools, schools yeah. and so we watched him play basketball he would watch us wrestle you know he'd, he'd go support his buddies that wrestled and blah 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 and so it was like very surreal so it's cool that uh that 
city one and that, you know, he's a big part of LA. That's yeah. a cool thing for him because being near LeBron is just um, pretty you know, in life. So it's cool that he made it out here and won, obviously, especially, out, you know, incredibly in a year that, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash to get God. things started this year in January. God, that was, like, that was unbelievable. I remember I was, I was at a fucking Starbucks of all places. I rarely go to a Starbucks and was with my family. We just decided let's go grab a Starbucks coffee and a, sam- and a breakfast sandwich for whatever reason. Couldn't tell you why. And mm-hmm. someone was walking by and just like, complete stranger. This complete stranger just looked over at me. For some reason, it looked like I was a basketball fan or something. Was like, Did you- Kobe Bryant's dead. And I'm like, yeah. what? I was like, yep. why would you say something like that? That's not, that's not a funny joke. Why would you say that to me? Yeah. Immediately I was get in, on the phone and just like, what the fuck? I was in Houston at a barbecue place that had TVs everywhere. All mm-hmm. different cable news stations were on. And it was the day of the Royal Rumble. And oh, shit. I didn't yeah. realize that. So me and my buddies were there eating unbelievable barbecue. And one of us got a text message saying Kobe Bryant just died. And I'm looking up at the TVs and none of them are even covering that. And I'm like, what a weird text to get. I remember like it not having the number saved. Like it was from some like just an unknown number in my phone. And then one of the TVs switches over helicopter crash in Los Angeles. And it was like, you know, another helicopter getting the video footage of it all and all that. And then it said, you know, Kobe Bryant suspected a passenger in helicopter crash and it just kept breaking. And then it was on two TVs and then it was on three and then four. And I was devastated because it was Kobe, but then, then you hear about Gianna as well being yeah. in there and, and the other uh, family members of the, of the friends. And it was just like, the more we learned that morning as it went on, it just became so much more tragic. And like, as a father yeah. now, it, it like really tugged at my heartstrings, you know, I was just like, fuck man, could you imagine like, that feeling of you're going down and you're looking across at you, at your daughter or son or something like that. And uh, just knowing you can't do anything. It's just, yeah. God, even talking about it right now, fuck, fucks me up. That's so sad. So yeah. sad. And of yeah. course, as you said, that's what started off this, uh, this very interesting year in, in our history. Yeah. January, 2020. Yeah. Well, it cheers to that again. fucking shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get on to a little, little lighter note thing. Uh, the, the last little tidbit that I want to bring up to um, uh-huh. is uh, you've been on a, a lot of the roasting stages uh, throughout some stuff. You mm-hmm. like you've been a, a big roaster. I know you you roasted Snoop Dogg, if I'm not correct, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was big one. That was a big one. Um, yeah. What's the difference for you but between stand up, like regular night comedy stand up, and doing a roast? What do you prefer? And what like what things do you like about each one? I guess like I mean like I'm sure you got to like both of them, but like I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, and where I, I read somewhere that you're you're a big Jeff Ross fan, obviously the roast master general. Um, yeah, so- we're really close friends. Actually, I've been working cool. with him for over a decade. That's another guy that I traveled all all around with, and I opened for him on like his first really big uh, theater tour a decade ago and wrote his uh, television, wrote on his television show and pilot and it got picked up. And then we did two seasons and um, wrote for the last nine or 10 Comedy Central roasts, um, not just for, not just with him, but for everybody on those. uh Uh, I just had to ask about that real quick before you moved on any further. When you're writing for other other people who are doing the roasting, a lot of these people are 
celebrities that aren't comedians, right? So like, cause you could, so for me as an outsider, I can clearly see when someone is going up there and reading someone else's material, like the celebrities, like a buddy of the guy that's getting roasted and he's like, comes up and I'm like, you didn't fucking write that. There's no fucking way you wrote that. Right. So like, how do you, how do you approach writing for those other celebrities? I love it. It gives me a chance to write from a completely different perspective. So it's really like taking a break from being Tony Hinchcliffe for a bit. Like all of a sudden I get to be Martha Stewart or I get to be, you know, I mean, really any of them or Snoop Dogg or uh, Dennis Rodman or really anybody. And you get to write, you know, instead of just giving them broad jokes that I would do, you get to write truly from their perspective and give them a real chance to be themselves and do really good and so it's actually fun it's almost like uh taking a vacation because i love making fun of people but making fun of people from a different person's perspective is even more fun because i always get to make fun of people as me yeah. but to get to make fun of a bunch of people as martha stewart or something like that and <laughs> no, be that's like really using your imagination that's got to be <laughs> right <laughs> that's very, yeah. you know to get to brag about being the first female billionaire or you yeah. know really you know has there been anybody on there though that, that like you've been you're like they're coming on and you're like i got all these great jokes for you i got all these and they're like no 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 i've got my own jokes and coulter did oh okay and coulter <laughs> and and which one coulter. was that who, 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 who was she roasting i uh, that was on the roast of, um, oh, uh, Rob Lowe. Okay. I did see that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think, yep. Yeah. It wasn't, and it, it didn't, it, wasn't it, it Davidson. It, Davidson got real pissed at her during it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played into it. It was great. Yeah. But, uh, but she ended up not doing great and she was insistent on, um, using her own writers from New York and uh, you know, it just didn't go great for her. I, I just, yeah. And, and my plan was something completely different, which is, you know, to really utilize who she is and to start her off sort of as a heel, right. Mm -hmm. Pro wrestling. There you go. And flip it. You know, she makes fun of herself in the beginning and then this way she can make fun of other people. But instead she did quite the opposite. You know, she sort of came up with an ego and, said that other people weren't funny and then all of a sudden now you have to be funny yeah now you can <laughs> you didn't that's putting your you foot in your mouth <laughs> right away yeah exactly <laughs> it's like just completely backwards yeah but um it ended up working out for her because she got a lot of press about how she was saying that they messed with her teleprompter that they edited it poorly she used every <laughs> excuse in the book <laughs> meanwhile she didn't want to do the what the staff had written for her so yeah very bizarre maneuver yeah, yeah to do yeah. that because we want her to do good yeah well that's the whole thing yeah well you want this you want the show to be good it's got to be a good product right yeah <laughs> that's fucking yeah that's that's the end of that's the end of it there i mean um in, but yeah, in this roasting stuff though uh yeah. has, has there been is there anyone on your list right now that you could think of that you haven't roasted that you'd love to roast? I mean, Kanye West would be super exciting. I think he's a, <laughs> uh, I think he's very, very fun and, yeah. and uh, just a lot there. There's a lot to make fun of. I think the dais would be incredible getting some of the Kardashians and Caitlin and all these wacky characters up that, there. That, to, that would be a huge one. I have to say that would be, that yeah. would be a massive one. 
Yeah. And especially some of his musician friends and Mm -hmm. it would just be crazy. And there's so much fun stuff to make fun of. And, you know, I actually respect the hell out of him. I'm a huge hip hop fan. And I, and I think that, uh, I, I just find his, I love his new, even his newest stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I always think he's ahead of the curve there and it's, so I respect him. So, and it's fun when you respect a person's work and that usually makes for the best roast. Not Otherwise that, it just gets a little mean, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. So would and you ever, just, are you ever going to convince Joe, uh, Joe Rogan to, to, to be on there? <laughs> no, there's no convincing Joe of anything. Yeah, it, it, either he either he does it or he doesn't. <laughs> right, either he really wants to do it or he doesn't. Uh, especially now, I mean, I, I would have said that years ago, but here we are, hundreds of millions of do- Spotify Jesus. dollars later, and uh, congrats I'm to pretty, him. Congrats to him, man. That's fucking. I mean, yeah, he's, been, he's per- been at it though for fucking like fifteen. Like we said, he's the yeah. Godfather of podcasting. I mean, if anyone's, if anyone's gonna do it, it's got to be him, right? But I'm pretty sure him getting his feelings professionally hurt for an hour isn't on his. Uh, <laughs> it's not high up radar. on his list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that's super surprising to me I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right i've taken up a, a, like enough of your time i'd love to do this again in person sometime on the on yeah. the last little thing though like i it's halloween time uh we got two weeks away from halloween at this point um are you a big halloween fan are you a big horror fan or anything is this Big horror fan, loves scary movies and all that. Um, holidays, for some reason, I don't know what happened to me. I am just no fun on holidays and you birthdays. Dress up like or I anything? Mean, no. Wow. No. It's just always, you know, I'm just always. So when my Halloween party comes back, because we're not, I'm not doing it this year for obvious reasons. I usually do a big rager. I'll put you on the list as as a maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. If there's if there's a rager out there, and it's Huntington Beach, I'd probably need to crash on a couch or get a hotel or something. But yeah. uh, I, I'd be in. I'd be I'd be down to I'd be you down to dress up though. This I'll is, do this it. This is a bash, man. We we dress up. We go all out. You know what? You you know what? You convinced me. It'll be the first time I dress up for Halloween in a long time. <laughs> Perfect. All right, man. Well, let's do this again. Let's stay in touch. Do this again in, in person. Maybe we could actually share one of those crown and cokes. And uh, everyone, go check out more Tony Hinchcliffe on Instagram. You can follow him at Tony Hinchcliffe. Twitter, Mm -hmm. same. Uh, Death Squad TV, uh, DeathSquad.tv. Yep. Um, TonyHinchcliffe.com. You got everything on your .com, right? Yeah, everything's there. And Kill Tony comes out every Monday, a new episode on YouTube every Monday at 8 p.m. And uh, and if you're in Los Angeles, come watch in the uh, come watch in the parking lot. It's a lot of fun right now. It's better than nothing store, on a very, Monday. Evening. The legendary comedy store. Yeah, regular yep. there. Awesome. Oh yeah, and follow Kill Tony at Kill Tony everywhere as well. Thanks yeah. again so much for being on here, Tony man. Been an absolute Thank- pleasure. Cheers. Thank you, Johnny. Great conversation. Great times, and we will uh, we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Have a great night. You too, man. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks again to Tony Hinchcliffe for being on the show. Had an absolute blast with him. Uh, Can't wait to hang with him in person sometime soon. Going to go check out uh, uh, one of his shows on Monday night at the Comedy Store, um, among some other things. Uh, He promised me a little bit of of a VIP experience at the Comedy Store, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We'll go check that out. Also, guys, make sure you head over to YouTube where you can see all the visuals. I got a great director in Brandon Lombardo who is putting together all the visuals for this podcast as well. 
He does a fantastic job, so I, I really highly recommend you guys head over there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Drinks with Johnny, easy enough to find uh, for all things that we're that we're posting and everything that's coming out new. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of great guests coming up in the weeks to come. And uh, Halloween is right around the corner, guys. I hope you guys are have your costumes picked out and are going to have a fun, safe time. I know it's going to be different, but, uh, you know, I got my costume picked out. We're going to dress up around here. I'm not, I'm not really sure what we're going to be doing yet for Halloween, but I'll be damned if I'm not doing something. I'm going to dress up, and even if it's sitting around the house, dressed up as some kind of character, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so anyways, I hope you guys enjoy that. Have a great Halloween. We'll see you all next week, Monday morning, for a special Halloween episode, actually. So uh, make sure you tune into that. And again, till next time, cheers. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.